The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. I'm here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings. What else could there be to talk about? I'm just as you are an avid handicapper. I love the races. I feel that Winning Ponies is moved by handicapping to the next level and to show me some facts that make my decisions winning ones. I full-heartedly endorse it. I love it. It's easy to use, and I say, dial it up and find out for yourself, www.winningponies.com. I think you're going to be surprised. Hey, speaking of a surprise, I got one I'm going to file under pretenders, not contenders. Pretenders, not contenders. There's another site out there that's using our same icons, speed ratings, etc. Yes, same icons, same speed ratings, etc. You always want to follow the leader. Hey, I know, a flattery, you know, what, what can I say, but it's just plain out wrong. Take a look at Winning Ponies. People are starting to catch on, and they're starting to really lock in on it, so there's got to be some truth to it. So, with that being said... Just go to the leader, winningponies.com. Let me give it out a number here, one 346 That's what we're all about, one 346 If you want to get on board. This past week, Pakistani Phil, the world's most famous groundhog, saw a shadow. You know what that means? We get six more weeks of winter. Isn't that beautiful? This happened in front of 13,000 people dressed in gold and black celebrating the Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl victory the night before. I don't know what happened if I saw my shadow. So my cards did pretty well, though. I mean, they were getting plus seven. Hey, you can't can't complain about that. But uh, you know, so we got a little more wintertime racing coming our way. We just got to deal with it. It's not going to be much longer, and we're going to be looking at that first Saturday in May. This year, Winning Ponies, as I said, is stepping up and sending me to play against the best in the land, the Horse Player World Series at the Orleans. Third week of this month, the nineteenth to the twenty-first. I'm going to be dueling it out. With some of the best in the land, major payday. I'm going to be using all the winning ponies information to do my handicapping. So we're going to put our money where our mouth is. We're going to try our best, win, lose, or draw. We're going to still take it out there, and winning ponies is going to do the battle. So that I love. What's happening tonight? we got a recap in racing. Biggins, of course. Races that are coming for this upcoming weekend. Our special guest this week, news editor and award-winning writer Tom Lamar from the Blood Horse. Really good guy. Dangerous Dan. Winners for the weekend. My man, Dangerous Dan. And then we usually end up with the final furlong handicapping for the upcoming weekend from yours truly. And it's a whole lot of fun. But before we kick anything off, let me throw out a trivia question. And if you feel up to it, you can dial us up at one 346 Trivia question this week, and if you get it right... You get some Winning Ponies gear. You get a really nice lid, a nice T-shirt. You're going to be looking good. Trivia question. 
Who was the jockey to ride Triple Crown winner citation? Who was the jockey to ride Triple Crown winner citation? I'm even going to give you a little hint, just a small hint. Nickname, Banana Nose. (laughs) Yep, that was his nickname, Banana Nose. So I'm going to recap a little bit of what happened last weekend. If you were under a rock, you may have missed it. But if you weren't, you saw a pair of weekend stakes at Gulfstream Park providing an early and slightly fuzzy picture of this year's Florida Derby prospect. Saturday's $150,000 Holy Bull Stakes, Saratoga Center. Goes off 12-1, to winless in two starts last year. Comes into the Holy Bowl off a maiden-breaking effort at the same nine for long distance at the uh, earlier in the Gulfstream meeting. 12 for your one. After the victory, suffers a bone chip in his left knee off the Derby trail. So scratch out Saratoga Center out of the Derby trail for 2009. Reed Baker, he's got Bears Rocket and Bears Prospector coming in from Canada. This guy is all business. He's got two good ones, he says, and they're looking to get to the Derby. That's what they're doing down here. Danger to society, trainer Kenny Peak and Alvarado reported that his horse was in tight and never got comfortable. So there's a little bit of an excuse for danger to society, who was two for two, looking to make it three for three. We'll just wait before deciding on our next race, McPeak says. I still think you'll hear something from danger to society. Whether or not it'll be the Derby Trail is another thing. But I still think the dangerous one is all that in a box of candy. Speaking of candy, you got a Captain Candy man can certainly could in the Hutchinson coming from all the base to win by a length and a half over a favorite Hello Broadway. Kentucky bred candy ride gelding relaxed down the backstretch under Julian Le Peru, moved to the lead when asked, and opened up and won. Captain Candy man can won to watch after winning the Hutchinson. Very nice race indeed. Frolic's dream. Kentucky Oaks preps here, press the pace in the first few furlongs of Friday's $150,000 forward gal stakes at Gulfstream, drove to a big lead and coasted home to a two-and-a-half-length winner. Sunday's $100,000 La Habra stakes for three-year-old fillies at Santa Anita. Passar Sabano making her second start in the U.S. after racing in Ireland, dueled for the lead before drawing clear and held on to win by a length and three-quarters over Gold Goddess. So there you have it. There's kind of the three-year-old scene in a little bit of a nutshell. we got a whole lot of action this weekend as well. This is, this is the time of year when you're going to want to start reading everything that you possibly can, everything that you can get your hands on, and you're going to want to pay attention. Paying attention, you should have been paying attention to the biggins. Starting with Friday, January 30th, there was 83 total. Los Alamitos in the race number five, Superfecta over 6,900. Fairgrounds race eight, Superfecta over thirty five hundred. Los Al race one, a Superfecta twenty three hundred dollars. Very nice indeed. And then we move on, and then a Saturday, January thirty first, seventy total biggins. Ratama Park race seven, a Superfecta twenty nine hundred and change. Louisiana Downs race seven, Superfecta twenty five hundred. Not a bad day's work indeed. Sunday, February first, we only have thirty two total biggins. But listen to Santa Anita Race 9, Super High 5 Box, 6,137.40. Tampa Bay Race 10, Superfecta Key, 1,466 even. Pretty sweet. Monday, February 2nd, 25 total biggins. Fairgrounds Race 8, a Superfecta Key, 3,282.40. Philadelphia Park Race 10, a Superfecta Key, 
3,115.60. Good day's work. Tuesday, February 3rd, 28 total biggins. Capping the big one off that day was Sunland Park in race two, over $3,700. Then we go into Wednesday, February 4th, 34 total biggins. Tracking down that day was Delta Downs, race number eight in a Superfecta, over $2,300 up for grabs. And then Thursday, February 5th, 22 total biggins. Capping out today, Gulfstream in race number seven, a super box, 26,232.20. And that's what you get when you dial up winning ponies. You are going to be seeing some of the best action, some of the best predictions, and some of the best guidance you can possibly get. News from around the nation. This is really going to be kind of cool. Animal Planet will debut its 12-episode series, Jockeys, this Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Built as a docu-soap, Jockeys focused on the work and lives of seven riders on the highly competitive Southern California circuit. John Court, Aaron Greider, Mike Smith, Alex Solis, Kayla Styra, Chantel Sutherland. I'm definitely going to watch that. Joe Talamo and key themes in the early episodes will include a romantic relationship between Smith and Sutherland. I love it. That is too much. They're already falling in love. It's already episode one in the friendly rivalry between Grider and the successful young Joe Talamo. Executive producer Liz Bronstein says her main goal is to show viewers the incredible skill and commitment necessary to become a top jockey. I agree with that one completely. Every minute of the jockey's lives is devoted to racing in one way or another, she said. What they eat, how much they exercise, their sacrifices, what they have to do, just real focus. Aaron Grider believes this is going to be existing racing fans. It's going to be one of their favorite shows. It's going to bring a lot of people to the behind-the-scenes action to what is going on in racing. A couple of notes to make newsworthy of. Rich Eng, he's going to be our guest in about three weeks from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. TrackNet, not a necessity for Nevada's race books. TrackNet's blackout in Nevada could last a week, a month, or a year. It's anybody's guess. But I can tell you this, he says, TrackNet, you need Nevada a lot more than Nevada needs you. TrackNet, which represents Churchill Downs and Magno and racetracks, failed to reach a new agreement with the Nevada Paramutual Association. Since Wednesday, the signal from Golden Gate, Gulfstream, Laurel, Oakland, and Santa Anita has been blacked out in the race books. Hope they get that done pretty quick. Rich Eng is a man on the scene in Las Vegas, and he's quoted practically everywhere else. And, uh, you know, I think he calls it the way it sees it. He says, race books are an amenity for the customer and an excitement base for the casino. But many casinos do fine just without race books. So that's the attitude TrackNet has about Nevada. It might eventually succeed at doing something. I mean, they are more profitable with the slots and the table games. It's a nice thing to have have a race book and a sports book. Have you ever noticed it's called a race book? Without the racing, what do you got? Well, you got sports, but think about it. You're watching Connecticut play. You might drop a couple bucks on the ponies. Kind of adds to the whole flavor of it. I know when I'm in Vegas, I know that's where I spend most of my day. I know my butt sticks to the seat because I'm in there so long. I'm watching my favorite games, watching my favorite tracks, I've got all that I want and then some. Other newsworthy action. Nicanor stumbles out of the gate. It's hard to remember a more anticipated race than the debut of Nicanor, Barbaro's three-year-old baby brother, 
who went to post for the first time Saturday in a maiden special weight at Gulfstream. Unfortunately, things didn't go so well. He grabbed a quarter, and it struck a front foot with a hind one. So when uh, Bump coming out of the gate seriously compromised his chances, he managed to make up ground, and I think we're going to hear from him down the road. Whether or not it be on bigger things, only time will tell. Speaking about time to tell, it is time to head to another break. When we return, we are going to have aboard Mr. Tom Lamara from the Blood Horse as our special guest of the week here on Winning Pony. So stay tuned. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Beauty, freedom, country, family. They're the values that make America strong and what our armed forces are fighting to defend. While many talk about these ideals without action, they are just empty words. If you think America's military families deserve more, log on to thanksusa.org. It's a great way to thank our troops and give military families the gift of education. Thanksusa.org. Scholarships for America's military families. You can make a difference. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, Talking about the Sporty Kings, you can dial us up at one 346 And the trivia question, once again, I'm going to toss it out there. These are softballs. Come on. This is an easy one because I know our special guest is going to get it. Who was the jockey to ride Triple Crown winner citation? Just dial us up at one 346 Speaking of special guest, he is on board. This is a segment where we... Speak to this gentleman, and Winning Ponies is pleased to have on news editor of the Blood Force and award-winning writer and avid handicapper and good fellow all around, Mr. Tom Lamar. Good evening, Tom. What's up, Ed? How are you doing tonight? How are you doing, sir? Hey, thanks for taking good, your time. Good. No problem at all. Very glad to talk to you. Tommy, I know you're a man that keeps your finger on the pulse of everything, and uh, why don't you start off with giving us a little bio on Tom and uh, how you got into the beautiful game of racing. Okay, well, um, I grew up in New Jersey, and uh, I guess, I don't know, I was like 9 or 10 when I went to the track the first time, 
And uh, I just went to the racetrack a lot as a kid. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Um, I went to Rutgers University in New Jersey, um, went to the track a lot of those, you know, just always went to the racetrack. Uh, it sounds like all of us, Tom. Yeah, right. Um, was a newspaper reporter, then a copy editor. Then I got a job at the Racing Forum in New Jersey. So that let me combine my love of racing with journalism. Uh, the Jersey office closed. They moved me to Kentucky in 94, and I've been here ever since. Uh, I now work for the Blood Horse, of course, and I've been there since uh, 98. And you and your lovely wife, Karen, are Lexingtonians? Well, yeah. Well, yes, I guess, but we're New Jerseyites first. <laughs> you, you want to clarify that right out. You, well, you can never, you know, when you're born in New Jersey, you're always a New Jerseyite. I mean, that's just how it works. So. You, Tony Soprano, and a few others. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, I know you got your finger on the Derby Trail. Is there anybody that we should be looking for or anybody who's really kind of caught your eye? Uh, I could say no, and um, I hate to admit this, but I don't make up my mind who I like in the Derby until the morning of the race. You know, I, <laughs> that, that's, I probably, all the that's probably the most honest, wisest uh, answer I've ever I, had. I don't. I don't. Um, uh, it's just not worth my time. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's so hard right I, now. I, just, I mean, you know, right. when we had uh, Nicanor. I mean, you know, we were talking about, you know, the, the series of greatness there. And then, you know, and then you get that, that run that you know, makes you scratch your head. There's many other runners that, that are already off the trail now. So, you know, yeah. I, I do respect that opinion. I, it, I love it. It's honest because, uh, you know, people are starting to uh, actually trying to filter it down. But uh, it, it, it's quite a process, and you could probably go through a couple hundred runners at least. Would you not agree? Uh, yeah. You know, and um, we have a weekly handicapping show now online, you know, and we will be talking a lot about the three-year-old prep race. Now, I've got to talk about them, which is fine, but honestly, I stink when it comes to picking horses in big races. Like that is not true. I've seen you in action. Oh, You're true. being way too modest. And when you <laughs> talked about your handicapping show, it's on your website. Tell us what that's all about. Well, it started, uh, let me see, when did we start it? Last, uh, late last summer, I guess it was, and you know, we just um, we profile usually one of the major races a week. Um, we have uh, the wizard on. He uh, works for brisnet.com, and um, uh, he's a pretty good handicapper. He'll talk about uh, the race that we're talking about, and then he throws in a race from the fairgrounds. It's sponsored by twinspires.com. You know, and um, we just try to throw out some information. But like I said, it's one race. And, uh, you know, it's like eight-minute show. You don't have a whole lot of time to talk about horses in depth. Um, I'd rather talk about a $5,000 claimer at Turfway personally <laughs> because that's what I bet, you know. But, um, you know, it's fun. Um, the people seem to like it. Um, I've been waiting to get hammered or criticized, and we just don't get those kind of emails, and I don't know why. <laughs> but um, they, it's just a lot of fun, you know. It, it looks great on there, and it's always very informative. And you can pick that up by going to your site on web, and uh, it's free to jump on there and to actually see who you guys really like. And I find it informative each and every week. Tom, I have to ask you, as a as a newsman, and this is kind of a this is really uh, putting you right to the corner, than your feet to the fire. What has been your favorite story to cover and your least favorite to cover? Oh, my favorite story. Like one story in particular, or uh, 
you can limit it down to a few. Give you a couple on that one. Well, you know, I used to write a lot more feature stories. Um, I don't write that many of them now. And quite frankly, a lot of what I write is, is um, you know, like tracking trends and things that happen within the industry, and it's turned into like a, uh, a 12 or 15-year process because the issues are never resolved. Um, but, you know, I've had some really good interviews. I think one of, the one, one of the ones that I really liked was um, I did a feature st- story on trainer Dale Baird about eight years ago at Mountaineer. And, uh, you know, I went out there for three days and hung out and... Um, was really impressed with the guy, and, um, you know, he really, he really wasn't that comfortable with it because he's just a quiet, well, excuse me, he was a very, very quiet guy, and it turned into a really, really good story, and I actually learned a lot from that experience. Um, the worst thing that I cover, I would say right now, is probably uh, racetrack slots. Um, uh, you know, I've been writing about it for 12 years, um, once again, it's just one of those uh, complicated issues. Um, i just gotten very, very tired of writing about how racetrack slots are racing. You know what? Um, <laughs> th- th- that, that was my segue into my next question for you. And since you brought it up, I'm pulling it out right now. Alternative gaming, is that the fix, or is it a quick fix, or is it what racing needs? Well, I don't like to use the word fix. Um, I think... It could have been a really, really good thing when it first started, but I think um, uh, that too much money went into purses and not enough went into other racing programs. And when I say that, I mean um, drug testing, uh, equine health and welfare, equine research, uh, programs for backstretch workers. I think, especially now, um, more than ever, um, people need to show where they're using this money and that they're using it wisely, um, especially now when, you know, a lot of people are losing their jobs, et cetera, et cetera. And um, putting all the, all of the money into purses, it does help the horse community and it helps economic development, but it's not helping racing as a whole. I think they're squandering a lot of money in many of these states. Uh, horses are racing for too much money. And quite frankly, they're not very good animals racing for $20,000. I think the money could be spread around a little bit more, and that's the horseman and the racetrack share, by the way, I think, anyway. You know, it, it kind of dilutes the game, especially when you're alluded to well, Mountaineer. It just it kind of reaches the point where it's really not doing anything anymore. Um, you know, handle it a lot of these places with slots is going down. Um, they've actually had to cut purses because they either overpaid or the legislature came back and said, uh, we need 3% for workers' comp, or we need 3% for that. I just think racing really needs to show that it's going to use that money to strengthen the infrastructure of racing. And I don't just mean like a new lighting system or something like that. I mean plow the money back into racing. Um, if somebody were to tell me that, you know, well, you know, you can't, uh, it, you can't lower our purses from 20000 for a five-claimer to eighteen. I'd say, um, you know, uh, shame on you, <laughs> but that's just my opinion. So, you know, Tom, on the back side of that question, are we reaching our target audience? Are we are we marketing correctly? If not, what does racing need to what do the what do we need to do 
to keep our players happy. You know, Ed, um, on the handicapping side, there are a lot of unhappy players, and um, we don't even have time to, you know, to talk about, you know, why they're unhappy. But, you know, let's throw out the past, the past posting thing as one, one example. But as far as, like, the core fan and all that stuff, I, I've always, I firmly believe that you just have to go back to basics. And, and you know, certain racetracks have the right ambiance for that. You work at one of them. Um, when I go up to River Downs on a Saturday afternoon in the summer, you know, it, it's fairly crowded. There's a lot of young people there just having a good time. They bet. And, and it's just a matter of, of trying to take that to the next level. If you go to Turfway on a Friday night, it's a great experience. Uh, it's like night and day from a Wednesday to a Friday. <laughs> you know, and, and it's little things like that. And I know it sounds stupid to harp on, you know, having a $1 beer and a $1 hot dog and some music and stuff. But you know what? It works. It works. It's not something that I agree you can do with. Every it, day. it really does. It every day. But, you know, you've got to take little baby steps. And I'm just so tired of hearing about how racing's dying and people don't care about it anymore. Well, well, I don't see it quite that way, to be honest with you. Um, but it takes a commitment from the track owner. It takes a commitment from the horseman to really want to do this stuff. Um, you know, and look, revenue from slots is great. You know, and, and if, if River Downs ever had it, if Turfway ever had it, you know, it would absolutely improve the racing product. But it, but there's so much more involved that people are just ignoring, I think. Really, I do. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd sure like to be in the, be in the driver's seat to at least be on the receiving end of that to at least sure. maybe fix some, uh, fix some of the gaps in our game. Tommy, we have a caller, someone from Cincinnati. John is on board. John, welcome to Winning Ponies. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, down here at AJ's Roadhouse, they finally oh, got no. Wi-Fi. <laughs> we get to listen to you every Thursday night now and uh, certainly enjoying it. And uh, I know uh, from years of uh, now I get to watch Tom Lamar on the, the, the Blood Horse Race of the Week video. I'm just wondering if he, you know, he's so relaxed and everything, he probably got a lot of experience on that regular guy's show that down, they I put can't on wait for down. that. I can't wait for that. <laughs> I, I think I think that he did. I John, I, I think that, that's really what set him up to, to be a star. Well, yeah, I can say he's really relaxed. It's a great thing because more and more, especially the younger kids, that's where they're going for their information. They're they're going to the internet. They had to say they don't pick up a paper much anymore. But I've got a question for you, yeah. Tom. Um, I met with my stockbroker the other day, and of course, anybody that's got stocks is riding on the same boat that I am. And we feel like we're going down the wrong way. But his advice to me is, look, it's cyclical. It'll go back up. Don't bail now. I'm looking at the same situation with racing. When you see tracks like Del Mar, Saratoga, Keeneland, all taking double-digit percent drops in their handle, is this, is this a trend that's going to bottom out and come back? Or are we on a slippery hill and never going to get back up? I'd like your perspective. Oh, boy, man, John, that is a tough question. <laughs> Um, I think it'll come back, um, whether it comes back, uh, to where it was and then exceeds that, I don't know. I think a lot of it depends on, on, um, new wagering opportunities and probably outside of the United States. You know what I'm saying? Like, like wagering from outside of the U.S. on U.S. races. 
Um, I also think that if this continues for like another year and a half or two, um, people will be looking for stuff to do, and the racetrack is still, I think, the, the most the, the cheapest entertainment that you could possibly get. And um, I think, you know, you know, you may be surprised at how your meat goes this, you know, this spring and summer. I don't know. You know, maybe I'm just a little bit hopeful that people will be looking for something cheap to do. And racing really is a pretty good outlet for that. Well, better to be an optimist than a pessimist, for sure. I know even during the Great Depression, uh, two things people didn't give up was uh, drinking beer and gambling. And uh, I know yeah. most of the racetracks I go to certainly have plenty of both. So, well, I, I hope you know, you're right. I hope we can ride the storm out. I hope the economy bounces back, and I, I hope when people get a few jingles in their pocket, they'll, uh, they'll continue to support the sport. And uh, all I can say is I really enjoy uh, listening to you guys on Winning Ponies. Uh, keep up the great work. And, by the way, I just renewed my Blood Horse subscription, so you're okay for a while. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Johnny, thanks so much for the call. Okay. You're welcome. Tom. I have to say, this has been uh, a whole lot of fun, and it, and it always flies when we're talking horses. On behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. Best of luck, my friend, and uh, and I hope right. to see you at the races soon. I'm sure you will, Ed. Thanks. Tom, thanks for your time. That's been Tom Lamar, the Blood Horse, news editor, handicapper, even called races, and what a nice guy. It's time to head up to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking with our man, Dangerous Dan. So stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They eat a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes. And the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE-TODAY. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This 
Cleveland is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. It was a whole lot of fun. Tommy Lamar. Had a call from John. I think John had a few too many. I think he was ready to get rocking and rolling. But Tommy is a wealth of information, a whole lot of fun, just the same. Enjoyed the call, enjoyed our guest. Speaking of a guest that I enjoy each and every week, that is our man, Dangerous Dan. Good evening, Dangerous Dan. Good evening, Ed. How are you this evening? I'm doing very well. Uh, what do you think? Uh, give me a nickel bet. Do you think our man John had a, had a couple of uh, pork chops in a can? You can bet with both hands, John was hammered, Ed. <laughs> I think you might be right. But Tommy Lamar, a wealth of information and a guy that says it the way it is. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy for racing, and his column is always really cool in Blood Horse. He's a regular guy, Ed. You, you got that right. He is a regular guy. Dan, speaking of regular guy, it's you. And uh, your picks, your selections are what we, we hinge on each and every week. Where are we going to this week? We're going to go to Fairgrounds, but first I'd like to apologize to Heavy Art and Negret, the trainer of Finally Made It, who both of us last week said there's no way this horse is going to win the Don. Well, ran second at 30-1 to and uh, just about beat Albertus Maximus last week, Ed. I agree. I mean, we both said discount it because I believe he was coming off a week layoff. Yeah, a week layoff. So, you know what? Uh, I guess he was tight and ready to go, and uh, maybe they just need a little air out of the tire. And to get that apology out, Ed, let's go to the fourth of Fairground. The Panzeretta, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Panzeretta, yes. Okay, we're going uh, Phillies and Mares, uh, four-year-olds and up. Uh, To me, this is a two-horse race, Ed. Secret Gypsy, uh, trained by Ronnie Warner, ridden by Robbie Alvarado. Um, If you look back, two races back, this Philly uh, hit the six-furlong marker in a seven-furlong race at Churchill, 108-4. and I think this horse gets out of the gate, and I don't think they. I don't think they're going to catch her. Uh, boxer with control systems, use them too in your exacta box. I wouldn't even. I'd probably play it straight. Uh, control system trained by Bernard Flint, ridden by Jesus Castanon. Stuck on the outside against Secret Gypsy last time out. Look, look for uh, this. This horse draws the inside Ed. I think you're going to get a um, nicer trip for this filly this time out. I can only say ditto. I love Secret Gypsy, Danny boy. And then where are we heading? Let's go to the fifth at Fairgrounds, the Colonel Power Stakes. It's a big weekend at Fairgrounds, isn't it? Yeah, they're all Fairgrounds today, Ed. I love it. Fired away. <laughs> yeah. Fired yeah. away, you Cajun. We got a $75,000 purse for four-year-olds and up, going uh, five and a half on the turf. Um, Storm Treasure looks like the horse to beat here. Uh, Steve Asmussen, Sean Bridgman, um, won the Bonapal Stakes back on December 20th. Um, came from off the pace, went off two to one. In a field of five, fast finish. If you look back to two races before that, ran the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, came from last to 14 and missed by a length and a half, ran a good solid third that day. This horse looks tough. A horse that you may want to use with him, Rouse the Cat. Rouse the Cat's a five-year-old gelding. Um, just ran in the holiday cheer at Turfway, ran second that day. It's a two-to-one favorite, Officer Rocket beating. Race four, that was a grade three up in Woodbine, ran second. 
horse likes the turf. His eight starts, three wins. And to round out the trifecta in this race, Ed, Chamberlain Bridge. Speedster. Um, Chamberlain Bridge is a beautiful, nice horse by Warchant, ridden by Jamie Terrio, trained by Brett Calhoun. Um, Storm Treasure just got by him last time. I believe that's your trifecta in this race, Ed. I'll count it because I love Storm Treasure. Okay, onward to Fairgrounds. Where do we go from here? We're going to pick, pick three players, get out your pens. We're going to go to the 7th, 8th, and ninth of Fairgrounds. 7th, 8th, and ninth. 7th of Fairgrounds is a Fairgrounds handicap. It's a grade three, mile and eighth on the turf. Um, Jimmy Sims, who I believe you gave out on this show uh, last time uh, this horse ran in the woodchopper, Ed, went off 2.90 to 1 that day. And Steve Asmussen had this colt really ready, the son of a lost soldier, uh, ridden by Sean Bridgerman as well. Look for this horse. He's not won a grade three yet. He's not a greatest stakes winner yet. There's a couple in here that are. I think Jimmy Sims, though, breaks that jinx on Saturday. You know, I, I respect both those plays. I also love Diamond Tycoon, third off of a layoff. And if you throw out that Keeneland over a yielding course, may not have liked the, uh, the soft going. Uh, we got a five-year-old horse by Johannesburg here, Danny. Two for two at Fairgrounds. Julian Lepreau from James Graham. I saw this race circled. Big run and clear, it says in the comment line. I think you've got to use Diamond Tycoon maybe somewhere in your exotics there. Another one you may want to use is Demarcation, who was six wide in that, in that River City win at Churchill. Uh, was six wide and got up right in time. Went off 33-1 to one that day. That was back in November. Has a race since. Runs well for layoff, and he's been working steadily for his return. Any man that gives an apology to, to, to preface his picks, you've got my respect, Danny boy. So we, we, we've got ourselves a caller. We're going to jump out to that before we go to 8th and ninth at Fairgrounds. We're going to go to Eric from New York. Eric, good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. Yeah, Myers, how are you today? I'm doing fine, ready? sir. How are you? Are you going to take a shot at the trivia question, or do you have a hot yes. one for us? Yes, no, I want to win me some hot gear. Okay, you, first off, it's a cool-looking lid. It is one of the best. I've got one on my head right now. It is a cool-looking lid, and you can win a T-shirt as well. And all you have to do is give me the trivia question answer to who was the jockey to ride Triple Crown Winter Citation. Hmm, was it Eddie Arcaro? Eddie Arcaro, the old banana nose himself. 1949. Right. Hey, that was pretty good. You uh, you didn't you didn't uh, have to study your Google that one up, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you dealt right off the top. Eric, I like it. And I'll tell you what, if you shoot me an email, I'll be more than happy to make sure the good folks at Winning Ponies, they definitely get it out to you. We'll do that. Thank you so much, Edge. Eric, thanks so much. Great show. We love your show. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, and keep tuning in because these guys keep pumping out the winners. Eric, right, was uh, he's right on target there. Dan, he nailed, uh, nailed down the... Uh, I wouldn't have got it. Forty-nine citation. Would you have got it? Uh, I wouldn't have gotten it. Uh, you were saying it was a softball. I, I couldn't remember. I was like, "Ed, this thing the softball." This didn't like. Uh, well, you're was not old. I mean, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but you know what? He did take it down, and that's pretty good. And if you want to jump on board, and if you got a question, you got a comment, or you ever want to toss it out there, one triple eight three four six nine one four four, or you can always shoot me an email at ed at winningponies dot com. Danny boy, I interrupted you rudely, and I apologize because. We were in the middle of a pick, or beginning a pick three, on to the eighth race of Fairgrounds, I believe, the Silver Bullet Day. Eddie, it's your world. I'm just living in it. <laughs> I love you, man. Lay it on me. <laughs> the Silver Bullet Day, grade three for Phillies, three-year-olds. 
This is a prep for the Oaks, Ed. And uh, if you look around here, it's wide open. Uh, four gifts looks good, but I'm going to take a shot here with Flying Spur. Flying Spur is owned by Mike Rutherford, trained by Bill Mott, and is ridden by P. Val, Pat Valenzuela. Um, Mott doesn't win with a lot of horses off the bench or, or off a layoff. This horse won coming off a little two-month layoff at Fairgrounds. This broke, broke her maiden going a mile in the, in the mud, in the slop. Look for this horse to be ready. Uh, Mott usually has him ready. You'll see him run a, a series of five for long works. He just ran two of them, one on uh, January 24th, one on February 1st. He's prepping this horse, and I think this horse only gets better the further she goes. It's the daughter of Giants Causeway. Danny Boy, I have to ask you the $10 question. Larry Jones, the trainer, who rides for him? Usually, Gabriel says. But Terry Thompson's Terry riding Thompson. for him on just Jenda. And Gabe Saez has a mount in the race. And this filly here by Menifee is one for one at Fairgrounds, coming off of a victory in the Tiffany Lass. Uh, Terry Thompson, this guy, he has moved his game up over the last few years. I mean, do you discount her completely out of your exotics? No, I don't. I, I have her underneath a flying spur. I'm actually going to box him in and another horse, the two, more of the best. Uh, Bernard Flint, Jesus Castanon, another horse, just broke her maiden. A lot of people are going to say, well, she just broke her maiden. Well, if you look and you see the, the turf angle, everybody's thinking, well, she's a turf horse. No, she's a distance horse, three-year-old filly by Lang Fear. Um, look, look for these horses, the, the two and the four, to run big on Saturday. Ed. That I shall, Danny boy. Then we're going to round out our pick three, the ninth of Fairgrounds, a mile and the 16th of grade three, Risen Star for 200K. Can you say big money, Ed, because uh, there's a big money rider in here, and he don't ride in claiming races. His name's Edgar Prado. Take a look at Giant Oak, trained by Chris Brock, Giant's Causeway 3-year-old Colt, and the Risen Star. Just lost to Beethoven in November at Churchill. Look for this horse. Nice, nice couple bullets recently. Look for this horse to run big off the bench, and he, he attracts Prado, so the horse must be for real. Giant Oak is actually number three on the top 30 in the bloodhorse.com horses to watch. He actually, uh, Freeze and Fire and Giant Oak are going to hook it up. Giant Oak caught the eye in his uh, maiden victory on the grass and continues to improve with each start. Covers a lot of ground, decent enough pedigree, and had a chance actually to win the jockey club, but is still learning. I absolutely love this one. This is going to be my play of the day. Five wide, and, and another horse give another shot to. Indigo Mountain, who I gave out a few weeks back, got walked out of the gate, was eight lengths back at the start of the race, hit the gate and bobbled at the break. Uh, Brett Calhoun says he's going to throw that race out. The, I was in the comp to the grade three at Fairgrounds. Look for this horse to run better. Three-year-old son of AP Indy out of a mountain cat mare. Look for this horse to really improve with the distance. They only paid $600,000, you know. That's about <laughs> That's a chump change, right? Hey, Dan, can you hang on for the last segment? Sure can, Ed. All right. It is time to head to another break. When we return, we're going to be talking to Dangerous Dan. We're going to do some handicapping here on Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes, and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because, after a stroke, every minute you don't get help... is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host ed meyer got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with ed or his guests the phone lines are now open toll free at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Final Furlong here on Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Talking horses. Thanks for a good man, Tom Lamar, our special guest of the week. Dangerous Dan, as always. John and Eric both calling in. And I believe we have Dangerous Dan still online. Dangerous, are you there? I ain't going nowhere, Ed. I love to hear it. You know, Dan, I wanted to talk to you just really out in the open here. There's a couple of races that I want to get your opinion on. One is the sixth race of one mile, the Las Virginas, grade one at Santa Anita, stardom bound after that big juvenile Philly win, a strong five-wide mood. This uh, three-year-old Philly by Tappet, is she the real deal? Yeah, um, I think she is. I, I, I'm... I'm looking for Frankel to, to may even try to get her in the Derby versus the Oaks. Um, I believe she was purchased, and I believe she's being trained by Frankel now. Correct. Uh, and and I I think that uh, Frankel Frankel's the type of guy that if he's got a shot to win the Derby with a filly, he's going to take it. Can't can't blame him there. Five point seven million dollar purchase, Dan. Incredible there. Another one I want to get your quick opinion about, and that is. At the eighth race at Aqueduct, the world away, a mile and the sixteenth, Haynesfield. You talk about finding a soft tomato here to throw it. Haynesfield's even money, Ramon Dominguez, Steve Asmussen, actually three in a row, going for four in a row, two for two at Aqueduct. I think that running against a five horse field, they're looking for a walk over here. Can you not agree? I don't think you can catch him with a search warrant, Ed. <laughs> you know, anytime you see Ramon Dominguez riding for Steve Asmussen, they only win 45% together. And actually, it's a New York-bred uh, Colt by Spacetown, 
and broke out of New York Company. And I think you made a comment or last time out that uh, that Haynesfield was kind of selectively, it's kind of like a boxer choosing uh, choosing uh, his opponents. That uh, you know, staying with a five horse field here. I mean, this is a real nice way to make a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Wouldn't uh, wouldn't surprise me to see this horse pop up on Lanes Day at Turfway Park. Uh, not me either, Ed. Um, Haynesfield's very nice, very nice three year old. Look for uh, the uh, um, Asmus is loaded for bear. Um, yes, there was, he's especially in New York. He's really hot right now in New York. He's getting a lot. I kind of, I kind of maiden horse. I can't remember who it was. It was on Sunday, but he paid eleven something up there. You get eleven dollars on an Asmus horse. You better take it. The first time starter. I think it was called Hatfield. Hatfield. But um, there's one other thing too, Ed. Um, Mamba is going to run on Saturday as well at Santa Anita. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, Horse takes a little while to get going. If I remember last year, had a few preps before she, before he finally won. Maybe want to maybe want to watch one with with uh, Mama this week. But but uh, Velasquez is going out to ride it. Danny boy, as usual, we thank you for all your prognostications, your selections, and all of your input, my boy. We shall be yeah. talking to you next week. You have a wonderful evening, Ed, and I will see you at the races. That's my man, Dan. Thanks, Dan. All right, it's time to throw out a couple of winners. Hopefully, they're looking pretty good right now, and I think you're going to want to grab a pencil, and we're going to focus in. We're going to kick it off the second race at Gulfstream on Saturday. Like a runner in there, Cassie's Boot. Cassie's Boot, uh, Elvis Trujillo, in my opinion, may be a very, very underrated rider. He's actually riding for a trainer by the name of Jose Pinchon, and in the last 60 days, they're winning 25% together, 67% in the money. Going from turf to dirt, five furlongs turf to five furlong dirt. And I believe the three-year-old filly by Storm Boot gets the cash. Coming off a very, very nice uh, little three furlong effort, 37-1. Nice little tightener for this filly. I like Cassie's Boot in the second at Gulfstream on Saturday. And then we go into the ninth race at Gulfstream. We have a mile in the turf in the Tallahassee for registered Florida breads. I love smooth air in there. We got Paco Lopez aboard for Bernie Stutz. Uh, actually, ran in the Breeders' Cup Classic. I think we've all heard of that race against Ravens Pass. If you go back two races ago, ninety cents to a dollar over the turf at Calder in the one hundred thousand dollar needles. I think smooth air gets all the air that uh, that is going to be that he needs in the ninth at Gulfstream, the Tallahassee. It's only one mile on the turf. I think it's going to fit him right down the middle. And then we're going to go on to the fourth race at Turfway. And this was probably nicknamed after probably one of the callers or guests tonight, and that's Cool Lover. Cool Lover caught my eye, and, and I haven't been able to let go. Victor LeBron riding for Shannon McGovern here. I'm noticing that Hawthorne horses are doing very well in Kentucky. First at a route for Cool Lover, Shannon McGovern is 33% in the money. She wins 12% with shippers, 27% in the money. Sprint to a route, she's 17% in the money. She's got the top rider, Victor LeBron. I love Cool Lover. Going to be the controlling pace in there. Look for a very speedy effort by this runner here. Then we're going to go to the 10th at Turfway Park, the $50,000 likely exchange. We're going to go one mile. Nice race indeed. It's hard to believe it's only for fifty thousand uh, dollars. There, there are some runners in here, and you know it took a little while to kind of divine the waters. But I ended up with Mrs. Potosky. 
Rex Stokes in the irons, breaking from the 12 hole for William Hall. William Hall is winning at 29%, 4-for-6 in the money at Turfway Park. On the all-weather surface, 6-for-8 in the money. Those are incredible numbers. In the wishing well stakes last time out, going 6 furlongs, actually finished a nice middle move, was 3rd, then 4th, and 6th. I think the added distance for this 4-year-old filly, by orientate is just what the doctor ordered. I think the stretch out is going to be uh, what William Hall has really been angling to. Sprint to a route, he wins 14% of the time, 26% in the money. And for non-graded stakes, he's 29% in the money. Last 60 days, these two guys have won 50% together. So in the likely exchange, the 10th race of Turfway, Take a real hard look to the outside to Mrs. Petoskey. And remember, on the all-weather surface, there's not a crown, so the 12-hole is not a death sentence. It is a real nice place to be. It's like running on a 12-lane on a highway. Everyone has got an equal opportunity chance right out of the gate, so don't let that shake you and don't let that worry you whatsoever. Then we go on to the 11th race, the $1,050,000 WEBN stakes made up from last weekend. Turfway Park had a power outage, and they're running a very nice race back. This is a stepping stone race for their three-year-olds. And in here for 50000 bucks once again, Music City. Bill Helmbrecht is the trainer, and two for three in the money at Turfway Park, I think, is a real nice record there at Turfway. And also two for three on the all-weather, of course. Shoots a bullet on February 1st at Turfway Park, which leads me to think the three-year-old son of City Zip is going to control the pace. In the last three races, jumped right from the gate, got right on the hook. The last two of the three has won by seven and three quarters and then finished the last race effort. He won by five lengths. I think they're going to be all out to catch Music City in the $50,000 WBN stakes at Turfway Park. And also, don't forget, if you're looking for two softballs, one is the eighth race at Aqueduct on Saturday is Haynesfield. Haynesfield's only facing five runners. Five runners going to draw the rail. Might be a nice way for pick fours and pick threes. And also, the sixth race at Santa Anita on Saturday. A grade one Las Virginis. Stardom bound. Winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Oh, my goodness. What an impressive run. If she runs back to half that, this daughter of Tappet will take it right to the winner's circle. There you have it, my friends. We'd like to thank our guest of the week, Tom Lamara, our caller, John, our caller, Eric, our man, Dangerous Dan, for his prognostications and selections, and you for tuning in. Time flies when you're talking horses, so tune in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, and until next week, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.